How we doing today, Wolfpack fans? It is another episode of Pack Center, but it is a special episode of Pack Center because today we are previewing the entire football season of 2019. We are going to break down the depth chart as well. Basically, everything you need to know going into this football season. I'm excited for this episode. It's been a long time coming. We are recording this on Monday the 26th. It will come out Tuesday the 27th, just in time for Purdue on Friday. And then there will be another episode releasing on Thursday the 29th, day before the Purdue game, to go into detail against Purdue, what you can be seeing, what can you kind of be looking forward to um, when we face this team, because it is a good team. But we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to jump into the the thick of things. We are going to start off with week one against Purdue, a Big Ten team. Um, But I would say not your traditional Big Ten team. They did all right last year. Um, But like I said, we'll be diving deeper into that um, coming Thursday. We will be giving our game predictions on what will happen on Thursday. But um, Rondell Moore, I mean, probably the best wide receiver We'll see this season maybe the best wide receiver that's ever stepped foot into Mackey. It's a bold statement. We've had some good ones, but he he easily could be up there. I mean, this is a legitimate, like, if he, like, balls out this year, it's like a legitimate Heisman, like, trophy candidate as a wide receiver. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. He does everything for them. Um, He receives punts, receives kicks. Obviously, they're, like, leading wide receiver. And I believe they're returning their quarterback as well. So this is... Going to be a good team, um, but like I said, we'll be breaking that down Thursday, so stay tuned, guys. Let's jump into week two. Oregon, by far the toughest team we'll face this entire season, Pac-12 team. Uh, I think they were predicted to finish number one the Pac-12. They were 11th in the um, AP polls. We are traveling to Eugene, Oregon, so we don't even have home field advantage. And we are facing a potential Heisman Trophy candidate in Justin Herbert, who... He returned for his senior season, which is kind of surprising. I think he was supposed to be like a top five, top ten pick going um, last year in the draft. Along with that, they have their entire offensive line back. Not good. They have both of their running backs back. Not good either. Um, I don't know. I And their defense, I think they posted like a top three recruiting class this year with like the number one defense player in the nation going there. Yeah, I think easily it's kind of the hardest game on the schedule by far. And having it in week two is probably not the best thing for the pack. Just, you know, trying to sort some of the stuff out. But, yeah, easily the toughest game in the toughest venue they will play all season. Autzen Stadium is insane when it gets popping. That place is absolutely crazy. And, yeah, you got probably one of the best players in the country right now, Justin Herbert, at least in the preseason so far, um, that we're going to be facing. And, like you said, all their offensive guys, key guys are basically back, and their defense is getting better. So it's going to be tough for the pack. Um, definitely the hardest game on the schedule by far. Do you think this is the first game we see we see Malik Henry? Because Carson Strong, obviously getting the nod week one, we'll see how he does against Purdue. There is a chance we see Malik Henry in week one if Carson Strong, you know, struggles a little bit. Coach Norvell had you know the first game um, press conference today. He said that Malik Henry is the number two quarterback. I think there's no surprise there. Solano's still out, and then we have a true freshman. He is, um, he's like our third option. So I think there's no really surprise there that Malik Henry's our second option. But this could be the week that we see him because Carson Strong is going to be facing a really good defense, a Pac-12 defense. Our offensive line, who's kind of thin, we'll go into their depth chart later, is going to be playing against a Pac-12 defensive line. So this may be the week we see Malik Henry, and you never know what he can do, though. I agree. I think we'll see him because of a couple of reasons. One, having his experience. You know, he's was in an ACC program in Florida State. Right. Obviously, you play some pretty big people there. Um, so he has been around this and been to these big, crazy stadiums. And then maybe also his, his run factor as well. You know, if the offensive line can't hold their blocks as long as they'd like to, Malik uh, is able to get outside the pocket and move around and then um, hopefully find some targets downfield. But, yeah, definitely I think we could see Malik Henry week two at Oregon. My prediction is that's the first time we will see him. I think Purdue will be all Carson Strong. And then I think the stage might get too, a little too big for Carson. So I think we will definitely see Malik at some point during the Oregon game for sure. And not to give too much away, but 
Hint, hint, I think this is the Pack's first loss of the season. I think – I don't think there's any way we can pull off an upset. with this. If we do, though, this is probably – this competes with the 2010 upset of Boise State. This has to be – because it's going to be – depending on what Oregon does against Auburn week one, this could be a top 10, maybe top seven team going into week two facing the Pack. And if we do somehow pull up an upset, this possibly could be one of the greatest upsets in – program history which is which is going to be crazy but um I do have them losing to a really high powered offense um I have the score here 38 to 14 I think towards the end of the game we'll 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 be able to steal another touchdown to make it 14 but I think it's just too much for the pack to handle uh it's too much talent too much skill but that's a little different than going into week three we have an FCS foe uh Weber State they aren't your typical FCS opponent Weber State they finished the year uh, sixth in the coaches' poll in FCS. They are ninth right now in the preseason poll. This is a good team. This is probably not even the worst team we're going to see this season. They're an FCS school. And it does come back to we were Big Sky rivals with them back in the day when the pack was in the Big Sky. But, um, yeah, I, I think they, they're going to be a hard team. They ranked uh, 60th in the FCS in scoring. However, uh, their defense was definitely what they hung their hat on last year. They almost led the FCS in defense production. They had eight first-team all-Big Sky defenders, along with two more making the third team, but seven of those ten were seniors, and they're no longer playing. So while I do think this is a good FCS school, and it's a little different than traditional, uh, I think Nevada will be able to um, easily walk with this win, but it will be... um, it won't be a cakewalk, to say the least. Definitely. Um, I mean, they've shown consistency, too, you know, making the FCS playoffs the past three seasons. You know, just because they're losing seven of those eight first-team All-Big Sky guys doesn't mean they're going to be bad. You know, they've definitely probably done a real good job with recruiting. Um, and like you said, it's not your typical FCS opponent. You know, they're going to come out and hit you in the mouth, and the pack definitely have to be ready for that. I think it's very good that you know we have probably have our home crowd behind us for this game Um, I think that boost is definitely going to propel them forward and then yeah I think this game is probably a tougher game than a lot of people think when they see Weber State on the schedule but um, hopefully we should be able to get it done either way I think Carson Strong is going to have a huge game in this uh, against Weber State they held opponents to just 3.4 yards per carry so they are very, very. They were very, very good up front, and even though they are rebuilding a little bit in their defense, it is complete. It's like more of a rebuild in their secondary than it is anything else. They have a really strong front seven, so I think our running game is going to be hindered a little bit. Toa is gonna. He's gonna have a game no matter what. I mean, this dude's an animal, but I think Carson Strong will be able to have a bigger game against their like completely rebuild secondary so you know it should be interesting what what's your score prediction who do you think is going to be um the breakout performer do you think it's going to be Carson Strong or do you think it's gonna be someone else and what do you think kind of the score prediction you have Weber State I'm gonna go somewhere around the lines of you know I think we put up 35 and hold them to you know, 10 or lower. Um, I definitely think our defense is going to step up big time. And I do think Carson, like you said, I think Carson Strong will have a big game. A lot of good receivers we have in this team this year that are going to get open for the young quarterback and expose their secondary. And, you know, a lot of veteran receivers too. And that's one thing that um, will really, I think, propel us in this game is our veteran receivers versus their kind of rebuilt secondary. So definitely I, I got them winning like 35-10. Hopefully it should be a pretty big blowout um something for the you know home crowd to see and have something to cheer for definitely yeah I mean this we have to blow them out or at least get close to blowing them out to kind of cement that you know this is we're meaning business this year we can't just mess around with these lower schools I think Romeo Dubs is going to be the MVP of this game I think he's going to have a crazy game with Carson Strong throwing out uh throwing to him I don't have us scoring as many points I have us uh winning 28 to 10 but don't get me wrong, I could easily see us scoring one touchdown. I could even see us scoring a touchdown and a field goal. Like, I think we can have a really good game. I think we will keep them to 10 or under. I don't think they, they score two touchdowns on our defense. Who's going to be fired up um, after that Oregon game? Yeah, I think that game's going to be an easy dub, but it'll be an easier dub going into week four. This UTEP team is bad. Yeah. This team is real bad. 
I think if they played Weber State, they'd they'd lose by a couple touchdowns. Like this team's bad, bad. Yeah, this is uh this easily would be the worst team we play all season. They last year yeah. just recently snapped that twenty game losing streak they had. They've won one game in the past two seasons. An opponent we can't take super lightly, but an opponent we know we can probably dominate. We thought San Jose State was bad. San Jose State would probably kill UTEP, and that's saying something. I mean, this team, if we lose to this team, Tyler, I, I don't know what we're going to do. I think we don't even do an episode that week. It's like a time for mourning. Yeah, we just take a week off. Like, we'd have to. I think so. This team, okay, they completed less than half of their pass attempts while throwing almost double INTs than touchdowns. They threw 19 interceptions, threw 10 touchdowns. They run the ball like crazy, which is good for our defense. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, their leading rusher, Quadrez Wadley, will will be expected to use his redshirt status. Um, I believe he's injured, so that's also not a good thing for them. Uh, their O-line is solid. Their backfield might be decent. They have a returning rusher. Yeah, I don't know. They Their defense is a little bit better. They gave up They give up 30-plus points a game. They re- they're ranked 96th in run defense, 100th in pass defense. So they're kind of, I mean, out of 100 and, what, 30 teams, they're like, yeah. I mean, right there. in Bottom the, third. Yeah, bottom third. Um, their defense is a little bit better than their offense. They returned a couple guys on defense. They return. They lose three out of their five of its top defensive linemen. They lose their top two linebackers and their top three defensive backs. So it's really a next man up kind of mentality that uh, UTEP's going to have. They're not going to be as good on defense, which is saying something because this team was so atrocious last year. So I think we're going to blow them out. I say forty-two to ten, or you know, forty-five to ten. This is. I don't even know if they're going to get ten, ladies and gentlemen. I say maybe three. Three or seven. Yeah, I think I think ten's a little generous. Speaking of next man up, when I was doing, we were doing some research. We found out a couple of interesting facts about their quarterback situation. Um, Kyle Loxie, we'll go with the name, uh, was their starting QB in March. Seemed to you know be on the up and up. Um, he was arrested June eighth for possession of marijuana and a firearm, along with a couple of other small charges. You hate to see it. Um, do hate to see it. Honestly, the honestly, kid looked. Like, he had a bright future. Right. The coaching staff was really, really on him uh, in the article I was reading back in March. And now uh, Brandon Jones uh, is going to be the starter, potentially. Uh, the coach has been quoted saying, quote, it could be a game week decision. Wow. So even the head coach doesn't really know what's going on at UTEP. Yeah, we're going into week one. Still don't know who their starting quarterback is, which, I mean, isn't uncommon. You see a bunch of schools waiting to, like, what, like three days before um, the season starts to announce their starting quarterback. But, I mean, with, you know, something like this, it's just not – and it's not what you want to see. You know what I mean? It's not – you want to have a quarterback going into the, fir- the first week of the games, and they don't have one. So I think, like we said, do you have a score prediction for this week, Tyler? Probably not a specific score. I think we hold them to seven or under. I think they might get a late garbage time touchdown. I think we score 50-plus. Um, easy. I think we score – I think we drop a 50-bomb. So I'm gonna go with somewhere around like 52-7. Yeah, I think this is the worst team we'll we'll see all season, and um, you know you never know, you never know. But going into um, week five, this is not an easy game by any means. We have a Hawaii team that's that's looking good. We have a little um, an upper hand on this week because they did play a week zero game against Pac-12 opponent Arizona University of Arizona. They beat them 45-38. It came down to the very last play. Their quarterback scrambled and ran it to, like, the one. Got tackled literally in the one. One, yard, the one line yard line short of um, tying the game up and potentially sending it overtime. But, yeah, we have a little upper hand. They did beat them. We'll talk about that game a little bit later. But um, they did have a weird season last year. They started out 6-1, and one, finished the regular season 8-5. and five. So um, not so good on the second half of the year. They eventually lost in the Hawaii Bowl, played Louisiana Tech. They're, um, they start off the season really hard, too. They, they have three Pac-12 games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, which, I mean, they, the first one worked out for them, but um, it's hard to face that kind of talent every single week. They return uh, Cole McDonald, and they return their other starting quarterback as well, uh, Chavon Cordero. Uh, both of them saw action against Arizona. Cole McDonald, though, is probably um, the big name going into the, this uh, season. He... Uh, 3,875 yards last season, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
He completed 58% of his patch passes, so which it could have been a little bit better, um, but still pretty impressive. He's only getting better. Um, they rely heavily on their passing game. Could be one of the most complete offenses in the Mountain West. Uh, their story or their defense, though, is a completely different story. Their top linebacker went to the NFL. Their defense last year was ranked 112th in passing defense, 103rd in run defense. We saw that struggle against Arizona. I mean, Arizona put up 38 points against them. It was a complete shootout, turnovers everywhere, penalties everywhere. Probably one of the most sloppy games we've seen, but it is a Week 0 game. So it kind of makes sense. You know, talking about that Week 0 game, Cole McDonald, who was, like I said, the kind of the headline going into this game um, for Hawaii, gave up four turnovers, four interceptions by Cole McDonald. He threw for 378 yards, four TDs, but he did have four interceptions. That was too much for the coach to see, they put in Chavon Quadrero. He completed, in the fourth corner, he completed five of seven passes for 58 yards and that clutch TD to give him the win. So you don't really know what we're going to see. I mean, we it is week five, so they're going to have a quarterback down by then. But we don't know because everyone was kind of predicting that Cole McDonald, everyone's game planning for Cole McDonald's, and then, you know, he throws four picks. Who would you start going into week two? Do you stay with Cole McDonald and just hope he you know, kind of the same deal if he struggles, put in your backup, or do you just go with, you know, the redshirt freshman who obviously was solid in the uh, the final quarter? I mean, I think they're in a pretty good situation. I mean, if Cole McDonald does struggle, like we saw, the freshman stepped up, made some big plays, and made some big passes. Um, but I think Cole McDonald has to be your clear-cut starter. I mean, this kid, he's kind of a gunslinger, you know, throwing the four picks, but he also threw for four TDs and over 350 yards. Yeah, he's so a he's a stud. It's going to, you know. I feel like, you know, every quarterback's going to have a bad week. Brett Favre had his bad weeks. Probably right. the most famous gunslinger in NFL history. Um, I mean, through how many picks in his career? Right. Like Tom, so, Tom Brady, I mean, even though, I mean, I don't know if he's ever had one, but he might. He might have back in the day. Might have had one bad week. But, I mean, and it's good to get it out early. It's a week zero game. I think you have, I have, I agree with you. I think you have to stay with Cole McDonald, knowing that you do have a good redshirt freshman in your back pocket if things do get bad. But I don't even think that was the main story of the game. Cedric Bird caught 14 passes, 224 yards, and four touchdowns as a wide receiver. Yeah, 14 catches. I was on 14 catches. Crazy game. That is unheard of. I think I read somewhere that was like the top wide receiver performance in like the past 20 years on opening day. Like I don't I, doubt it. Like I mean, it was crazy for Hawaii too, losing their number one guy last year who led the nation in TDs was 16 um and Cedric was the number two guy on that team and now like stepping up coming into like this game but um I feel like he's gonna have a big target on his back now you know having that big game you know week zero game it's it's gonna be tough but um you know well it'll be kind of a story to watch as you know the pack kind of keeping close eye on Hawaii because it's definitely gonna be a tough game for us it's gonna be a really tough game and I think that um the pack will squeak it out but it, like I said, it's going to be a tough game. I have them narrowly squeaking it out in a 27-24 victory. Um, but like I said, it could flip-flop either way. You never know what's going to happen because you never know who's at quarterback and you never know how the pack's looking. This is week five. so I think. But I think we do take care of business, 27-24. Do you have a score prediction? Don't have a score prediction. I do think we'll win. I agree with you. I think it's going to be narrow. Um, again, I'm a big playing at home guy you know i think home crowds give an insane advantage especially in the college atmosphere um so i think that alone you know if it's a close game coming down to the fourth quarter i definitely think our fans at Mackey should give us a boost and that's why we do need everyone out there every game you know cheering on the bat because it does really help the players they love it they love feed off that energy and you know the more energy we give them as fans you know the better they'll seem to do on the field so yeah definitely it's going to be a close game um Keeping Cole McDonald in check and keeping um, Cedric in check is going to be probably the biggest two keys for the pack right now. Um, obviously, they played one game. We don't really know. That game was a fluke or, you know, someone just had a good game, had a good matchup. You know, we'll see as time progresses, but definitely going to be a close game and um, going to try to squeak this one out for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, and pack – Attendance is something that we will touch on after or later after the uh, prediction. And just real quick, guys, I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in. It will be a little bit of a longer episode as we are breaking down every single game. 
So um, feel free to skip ahead to your favorite game or anything, but I just want to thank you guys for staying tuned during this entire episode. It is a pleasure for us recording it, and I hope it's a pleasure for you guys listening to it. So we will continue on week six. The Spartans, San Jose Spartans, probably the laughing stock of the Mountain West. Sorry, guys, if anyone from San Jose is listening to this, but it's true. There has been talks of um, condensing the league. Mountain West Com- Commissioner said we would rather condense the league than expand right now. And when you hear the word condense, there's probably one team that comes to mind. That's San Jose. So um, this should be a win for the pack. I mean, they are they went 1-11 last year. They I don't know. They they lost to FCS team UC Davis, which isn't bad, but UC, I mean UC Davis had a good team last right. year. But I mean they're still yeah, when you're losing FCS, to an FCS schools, team. It's not it's not the best it's not the best uh sign. So their only win was against the Little Brothers down south. That's laughable, obviously. Um but they are they um are getting a, better as time moves on, I believe. They still have a long ways to go. Their offense is looking to improve. They return their QB. Um, Josh Love threw for 1,963 yards last year, uh, completing 56% of his passing uh, attempts, 14 TDs, and 9 INTs. And then they their starting running back is returning. Four of their five offensive linemen are returning. Their top receiver, Trey Walker, is returning. So... They have their returning pieces, but they're returning pieces on a one and eleven team. So it's not the best. It's not the best. Their defense wasn't much better. Um, they gave up thirty six point six points per game, ranked one hundred and fifteenth in the nation. Horrible. They do return seven of their ten or eleven starters on defense, so it'll improve a little bit. But if the Pack do lose this game, I feel like. At this point, we might have already seen it coming because if they lose San Jose State, that means the season's going downhill fast, and we would have already might have seen this coming. Um, I don't think they lose, but you never know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you like UNLV. I almost threw up saying that. Sorry, I had to pause a little bit. Um, they lost to him last year, so I mean, you really never know. But I think um, we're gonna go out and take care of business. Uh, how do you think this game's gonna go? I think Toa has a monster game here. You know, even though they're returning seven defensive players, I think Toa runs all over San Diego State. And I think our defense has a field day, too. You know, the split for Josh Love last year, 14 TDs, nine picks, not the best thing you want to see. I think our DBs could definitely take advantage of that. And then, um, obviously, locking up their top receiver, Trey Walker, is going to be a big deal. But I think this is an easy game. Uh, Like you said, it's week six. If the pack doesn't have stuff figured out by this week, it might be looking a little bleak for pack fans. But um, in my head, that scenario is pretty unlikely. Uh, but yeah, I think this is going to be um, a pretty big route. It is another home game of a back-to-back week of home games. Um, so again, you know, I think this is going to be a pretty easy one for the pack if everything goes according to plan. I think so, too. And that, that was actually my um, star of the game, too. Not trying to copycat, but I think Toa's going to have a great game. I think we're going to run the ball a little bit more than expected. Um, I mean, when you have the Mountain West freshman of the year, you I mean, if, I feel like you have to utilize them as much as possible. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be looking good. I think we're going to get that uh, win going. And I have them taking care of business 31-7. Uh, to 7. So... I think San Jose State will at least get a touchdown. I don't think we'll see a shutout, but we could easily see a shutout with our defense and San Jose State's offense, which will roll in nicely to uh, Utah State. This one scares me. Uh, We're playing in Logan, Utah. Aggies coming off probably one of their best football seasons ever. They went 11-2, peaked at 14 in the AP poll. 7-1 7-1 in the Mountain West, but uh, missed out on the conference title game because they lost to Boise State. So, and But, but Boise State's obviously Boise State, so you, you can't really knock them on losing. Um, they lost their head coach. Then he went to Texas Tech. We also have some you know history of our coaches getting poached. Muscleman, but whatever. They <laughs> hired Gary Anderson, who coached the team from uh, 2009 to t- 2012, so kind of some history there. Their um their QB Jordan Love is back and is a preseason Mountain West Player of the Year. He had a monster season last year. He threw for three thousand five hundred sixty-seven yards, thirty-two touchdowns, 
He ran for seven touchdowns. I mean, this dude, this dude's an animal. I expect him to have another great year. Their top running back was drafted by the Chiefs, but their number two returning back is back. He only ran for 900 yards and 10 touchdowns, but those 10 touchdowns are pretty meaningful, I would say. Top four wide receivers are gone, so you don't know who he's going to throw to. And with a quarterback is Jordan, like a Jordan Love, uh, he's going to find a way to get things done, I think. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, this is their bright spot of the team, if you can say that their offense isn't bright at all. Um, they have All-American candidates in their linebacker, David Woodward, and their D-end, Tippa Galei. Uh, they return on top of that. They might have the most well-put-together secondary in the Mountain West. So, I don't know. This Utah State team, I think, while they don't probably won't have the season they had last year, I mean, 11-2 is pretty special. I do think the pack is going to fall short. I just think... I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think with the with the we don't have a veteran leader um, under center, and I just think with everything you know playing like you said, not the home crowd playing in Logan, Utah. I think we are gonna fall, but you never know what happens. It's true. I mean, this is a really good team, right? Um, you know, Jordan Love being preseason Player of the Year and some pretty lofty expectations, but I definitely think he could back that up a hundred percent. Not having some targets will be interesting. That's something to keep an eye on through the first couple of weeks to see if, you know, they kind of move to more of like maybe like a read option type deal. I mean, he obviously has some legs rushing for those seven TDs. Um, but it'd be interesting to kind of keep a look on. Um, it's going to test our defense a lot. And I think this game will really show at week seven, you know, really show that um, if our defense is legit or not. So to be able to hold them under 30 would be awesome. Yeah. And um, at least for me, and then if we could score more than 30, that'd be awesome. But, yeah, I'm not seeing us scoring more than 30 points on a Utah State defense that is pretty stacked um, at this point. So, again, a tough game, but, yeah, anything can happen. But, yeah, I, I don't see us winning this game as a, we sit right now. Yeah, neither do I. I have my score prediction um, 28 to 14. It's I just don't think it's plausible that we beat this team. Um, we're going to – I think we're going to take the L. I will be pleasantly surprised if we don't and if we do squeak out a win. But um, like I said, you never know. So we'll, we'll wait on that. That was week seven against Utah State. And then week eight is, is against Wyoming. This is a little interesting one. Um, I'm up in the air against uh, with Wyoming. They seem like they have a well-put-together team. It seemed like they were – I mean, they finished the season six and six, but in the notes here they ended the season on a four-game win streak. So things could be looking up. Um, their quarterback, Sean Chambers, is back. He he did all right last year. Um, he played in four games. So I think during that span, um, Sean Chambers had three straight 100-yard rushing games. So obviously, he's a dual-threat quarterback. They like to throw the ball with him. They like to run the ball with him. He only attempted 25 passes. So this this team really likes to run with their quarterback. I don't know. They lost their rushing court or their uh, starting running back. I don't know. We'll we'll see what's going on. Their defense looks strong. They allowed 22 points per game, which isn't the best. But you would like to see them to improve. How do you think they're gonna we're gonna do against Wyoming? Wyoming's a tricky one. Like you're saying, uh, Sean Chambers, the three straight hundred yard games, um, and then the fourth game he actually got injured. So that's kind of a tricky one. Twenty five only attempting 25 passes though is kind of you know something that as pack fans we love to see you know if we can right. just load the box and yeah. stop the run it seems like an easy solution that's crazy um, 25 passing attempts in four games four is absolutely games crazy is absolutely insane um but i was reading articles hearing things that they've been really trying to work on his pocket game this past summer and this past um spring so maybe something to look out for um and then yeah losing their 1,300-yard rusher, but they do replace him with Trey Smith, a grand transfer from Louisville. The only kind of inexperienced position on offense is definitely those receivers, which is kind of tough for a quarterback trying to learn how to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. Uh, defense is definitely their bright spot, though. Uh, new defensive coordinator um, actually got the promotion from, I believe, a defensive back coach, if I'm not mistaken. They've been a solid Mountain West defense. They do lose Andrew Wingard, uh, Mountain West co-career leader in tackles which is something to hang your hat on um but they have a pretty solid you know backups coming in they have 
three fifth-year players, one on the D-line, one in the linebacking core, and then one in the secondary. So that leadership is pretty spread out on the defense. Defense is pretty uh, tough. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game, but it's going to be interesting to see this one. I Like you, I could also see it, this going either way. It's honestly a toss-up for me. It's just going to be interesting. This is the one where you know a lot of people are kind of confused on, and I can easily see why after kind of going through their depth chart. They've always been kind of a premier uh, defense in the Mountain West. Wyoming's always been that kind of grit that um, you know Nevada kind of has. They've been they've been hard to beat. So I think um, this game will be will be tough. I think they're going to be better than last year. I think they're going to have a better record than their six and six season that they had last year. Um, but it will be interesting. I think we will squeak out a win. But like you said, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, it will be a low scoring game. But I think we're only I think we're going to keep them to like one or two touchdowns. I, I could see the pack winning 21, 24 to seven. I think our defense is going to load the box, like you said. We're going to pressure the quarterback into making mistakes, and I think uh, our DBs are going to have a couple interceptions, hold the ball on offense, and, um, yeah, I think we're going to get the dub uh, against Wyoming week eight, which will roll us nicely into a not-as-tough team in week nine in New Mexico. They had back-to-back three nine seasons. I mean, it's a good game to kind of break in between that tough Wyoming game and then the toughest two-game stretch of the season, I think, after this. I don't know. They run the ball, I mean, like a crazy, crazy amount. They 63% of their plays were runs. They're going to keep that going. They ranked 85th in the FBS last season at 26 points per game, so they're not very good at scoring. They're not a high-scoring team. But they are returning both quarterbacks who both saw playing time last year. Both of their running backs are gone, So as, as well as um, all Mountain West O-lineman Aaron Jenkins. Their top returning receiver only caught 21 passes for 375 yards last year. So not not the best. You never know. They were like they, they don't throw the ball a lot. So they run the ball a lot, which is really good for our defense. We like to play running teams because our secondary is a little thin this year, uh, thinner than it was last year. I think this, this team is very underwhelming. I don't think they're going to be very good. Their defense is mediocre. Their defensive coordinator is gone, along with their top seven players in the secondary, which is crazy to think about that they had seven players like playing all around the secondary. They were, they lost all of them. They returned some depth up front, but, I mean, a lot of new faces. They had to recruit a lot of JUCO guys. They ranked the bottom 20% in the nation in rushing yards allowed. So look uh, for uh, Toa to have a great game. Maybe mix in a couple other running backs. I think they take care of business easily against New Mexico, who has traditionally not been that good of a, a football program. So we'll see if they can improve on a three nine season. But the looks of it, I don't think um, I don't think they'll be very good. I agree. When you lose that many people in the secondary and on defense, and then if you lose that many people in the secondary, and you're still ranked bottom twenty percent in the nation for rushing yards, you right. know that's not going to be a good recipe to win football games. Um, you know, your offense can score as many points as they like, but when your defense is kind of trying to find itself early in the season and then now, um, it's going to be tough for them to stop us. But, yeah, definitely Toa could have a big game. Carson could easily have a big game, you know, playing a very weak secondary, very inexperienced secondary. So, yeah, I honestly see us winning this game by a couple touchdowns at least. Um, our defense is going to have to show up, though, to hold them to, you know, less than a couple touchdowns. It's going to be tough, especially when, you know, our D-line, you know, it's late in the season. You don't know what injuries are going to happen. Um, right. It's going to be a real tough game, but I think our defense could step up and they just need to play solid like they've been playing. Yeah, I think we hold them to around, you know, three points, seven points. I don't think they're going to score a lot on us, but I do think our offense is going to have a field day. Toa, um, especially, obviously, what we're touching on. I think he's going to have a big game, and I see us taking care of business either like 35 or 31 to like 7. It'll be a lopsided game. It'll be a good game to roll us into Week 10. Probably the toughest two-game stretch that we have all season. We have a Week 10 game against San Diego State in San Diego State. Week 11 game against Fresno State in Fresno State. This is just not not a good recipe for success for the pack. These teams are good. You never know. San Diego State's looking not as powerful as they've been in the past. I know growing up, they were this powerhouse school in the Mountain West. Lately, they've been kind of on the downward trend. They went 7-6 and six last season. They lost four straight, including a bowl loss to Ohio. I don't know. They um, they run the ball a lot. 
their man, their go-to man was Juwan Washington. Juwan Washington, yeah. He was a yard short of a thousand yard mark in 2018. So he's definitely going to be the guy to watch going into the season. They have a high-powered spread offense, and their defense isn't something to lack on either. Tyler, how do you think this game's going to go? This is a tough one. Very, very tough. You know, Juwan Washington is their starter, but they also have three or four other backs that play behind him that are pretty good themselves. Um, Ryan Agnew getting the nod at starting quarterback. And this season they're trying something a little different instead of their um, kind of run-first offense. They're going to a spread offense, um, which is something they've implemented this past spring and this past summer. Very interesting. Uh, They still are going to run the ball. I mean, with the loaded backfield that they have, it'd be kind of silly of them not to. But definitely the receivers probably getting more touches. Their tight end was uh, had the most catches last year with 31 so the next two that are returning had nine and seven catches, respectively, in all of last season. So that's something, obviously, to keep an eye out for. Run defense is going to be very critical for Nevada, definitely. Defense, I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize in advance. Uh, their linebacker, Kaiva Tanizo, uh, they're kind of big guy. Beautiful. Uh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I tried my best. <laughs> uh, leader in tackles, 127 last season. You know, looking to improve on that. They have one of the best, or they had last season the best run defense in the conference and a top 10 run defense in the nation at number seven. So very, very tough defense to play. Defensively for Nevada, I think if we can stop the run, we stop San Diego State. It's kind of their bread and butter if we right. can stop that make ryan agnew throw the ball uh it's gonna be a close game though if, if our offense really needs to step up our receivers gotta have a big game if toa can't get rolling especially with their tough front seven so it's gonna be a big game for the receivers big game for the quarterback uh if we want to win this game for sure yeah carson strong malik henry both of them are gonna have to have a huge game um because yeah we're gonna have to throw the ball elijah cooks uh look for caleb fossum Look for Romeo Dubs. They're going to have to ball out this game. There's no there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. It'll be interesting to watch. Like you said, their defense is no slouch. I think their defense is a little bit stronger than their offense, but I do have the pack I do have the pack losing this game. This is a hard game for them to win. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a little bit lo- more low scoring than we uh, anticipate, but I do have the pack losing by a touchdown. We will see what happens when they do travel to um, San Diego, California to face San Diego State. Do you think the pack will squeak out a win against SDSU? You know what? I'll be I'm kind of looking up at this game I think we do I think our defense really steps up stops their run and then I think our receivers can really get going I mean they do have a good secondary Um, losing their second leading tackler is going to be really big he had 102 tackles if I'm not mistaken lost him to a graduation and then also the D line's putting out three new starters which is kind of a thing to keep an eye on but I have us winning this game I think it's gonna be real close Um, I think it's gonna be a tough game and we definitely have to play um, a close to perfect game, you know, minimize those turnovers, hold on to the ball, um, make them fumble the ball, create turnovers, and, you know, see where it goes from there. But I definitely have a squeaking out a very, very close win at San Diego State, which is also another pretty tough place to play. Oh, yeah, definitely hard to play at, in San Diego State. Another hard place to play is Fresno State as we look into Week 11, second-to-last game of the season and the second game of this brutal road stand we play Fresno State, who is the team to beat in the West, and then I have in my notes, or is it? You never really know because while Fresno State probably had the best season ever that they ever had last year, they are losing probably the most talent out of arguably any team in the FBS. They finished last season 12-2. and They won the Mountain West Championship. They beat Boise State. Then uh, they went on to beat ASU, which is a Pac-12 powerhouse. They ended the season 18th in the top 25. So this team is very, very, very good, but they lose a lot of people. They lose their quarterback, their top two wide receivers, as well as losing two all-league linemen, They return their top running back but lose three other ones to injury, including a local kid. I'm blanking on his name. He went to 
Bishop uh, Minogue, and now is in Fresno. He is out for the season on, with a knee injury, along with two other running backs as well. And then on defense, they lost three All-Mountain West defensive players, including the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, Jeffrey Allison. However, they do return um, All-League defenders Michael Walker and Juju Hughes. Their uh, secondary is returning enough players to be successful, but does that mean the team is going to be successful as a whole? I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see them putting up the numbers like they did last year. Even though their head coach is a miracle worker, before he got there, they were 4-20. and And then when he got there, they are now 22-6. and So he is a miracle worker, but can he pull off a miracle to continue to keep this team at, the, at this level um, while they lose so many players? It's going to be tough. I mean, like we were talking about with a couple other teams, you know, losing that many big guys, losing especially, I mean, your starting quarterback, a couple of those really good wide receivers that they had. Keep your running back, which I feel like that's going to be their crutch this season. Um, if he gets going, they're going to ride that. And if he doesn't get going, it's going to be a tough game for him. So that's probably the biggest key right now for Nevada, looking at the Fresno State game in Week 11. But you do return your top running back, but is there any depth behind him? God forbid he gets injured or he gets shut down for a game, you know, who do they go to? It's true. It's going to be one of the things that, you know, especially Pac fans got to keep an eye on this season. Um, the success of Fresno State, like you said, the coach does some pretty special things. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were probably not 11 and 2, or sorry, 12 and 2 good, but probably maybe a double digit win team. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough. But, you know, Fresno State's just one of those teams that uh, we're going to have to see going through into the first first few games of the season and um, figure out kind of where they sit in the Mountain West. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to drop tremendously. I don't think they're going to go from a 12-2 and two team to somehow winning four games. But I do think that they will win around nine, and I do think they won't be as powerful as they have been. I do think Pack are going to go into Fresno, and I do think they are going to win. By how much? I don't know. I think it's going to be a uh, low-scoring game. I think our defense is going to step up. Like I said, I think it's just who we're going to have at quarterback. I still think we're up in the air, even though Carson Strong was named our QB1. By this late in the season, you never know who's going to be taking snaps. So it's all up in the air. I think um, the pack. I think Wolfpack does win. I think I think we will win. I have in my notes 17 to 10, but I could see it. I could see us uh, scoring another touchdown. I could see them scoring another touchdown. It's going to be a really close game. It's going to be a fun one to watch on TV in Fresno. So it, it will set us up nicely for our last game of the season when our little brothers down south make the trip up north to Reno and they play the true team of Nevada. And I think that we'll single-handedly just stomp on them. We'll make the cannon blue again. I think last year was a fluke. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how the Fremont cannon doesn't turn blue after uh, week 12. I agree. You know, UNLV... The only scary thing to me is their offense. They have a really good running back, Charles Williams, and they're returning that quarterback, Amari Rogers, both who could be 1,000-yard rushers this year um, easily. You know, they um, I was reading somewhere, it was in the Las Vegas Review Journal, that the Little Brothers down south are very focused on the run-pass option this year, which a reported third of their playbook is now run-pass option compared to 15% last season. Wow. So that's a pretty big, drastic jump on the offensive side of the ball. Amari Rogers probably going to be their most crucial player playing at quarterback. He needs to have a good season for them to be successful. He's just been so inconsistent the last, especially last year. It's tough seeing him get hurt like he did last year, but the inconsistency was definitely there. Receiver core, a big question mark for UNLV. And then defense, the secondary is definitely the weak part of this team. They were ranked 121st out of 130 teams in passing yards. So definitely a big game for hopefully Carson Strong, Malik Henry, who's ever in there, quarterback at this point in the season for us. A couple of their stud linebackers, Gabe McCoy, Jalvin White, entering their senior seasons, a couple of guys to keep your eye on. Um, supposedly the leaders of the defense for the Rebels. But yeah, I don't see this being a very close game, especially with everything that happened last year. I think they're going to come up to Reno and leave Reno with their tails between their legs for sure. Yeah, I don't really like talking about the Little Brothers down south, but um, I think that it will be a very highly anticipated game because of what happened last year. I think the team's going to be fired up. I think both teams are obviously going to be fired up. It's a really, really fun rivalry to watch and to be a part of. But I think we'll um, smack them around. I think we're going to put up at least 30 on them, and we're going to hold them to a couple touchdowns. Armani Rogers does scare me, I'm going to be honest. 
he is a pretty good quarterback, but I think we'll um we'll take care of business and we'll get that win. I do have the pack winning. I'm gonna be optimistic and say nine games a season. They will go nine and three before the bowl. Maybe the shot at their first um Mountain West championship. We never know. But um I know you have them going a little bit less than nine and three. I have them at around eight and four. I think there's a couple toss-up games which kind of scare me, but yeah, I definitely have them going eight and four, and then playing in that bowl game for sure. Yeah. So last year he went seven and five with the bowl game, eight and five. So looking to improve on that in Jay Norvell's third year, and um, yeah, that was our that's our season prediction. A lot of um, breaking down each team. We do have a few more things to cover some breaking news with the football team we actually just signed a grad transfer he his name is john humphreys no he is a grad transfer but he might be able to get his sixth year of eligibility after this this is a very confusing backstory yes from what i've read so far okay so this and this is nevada sports night the goat chris murray tweeting this out he is yeah always first on the jump love chris murray and his work uh, he's a Texas native that went to Oklahoma and then, but he transferred to Arizona State. He played, so he picked Oklahoma over a bunch of Power Five programs. He was a four-star recruit, so he's definitely talented. He knows how to play, but you never know because he transferred and then Arizona State played a year, got injured, transferred back out, and due to that injury, we're thinking he might be able to get a sixth year of eligibility, and he is eligible to play this year. Coach Norvell has already said he's going to be playing Friday, which is kind of a shock. I mean, really good talent coming to Reno, and we might be able to have him for this year, which he's obviously going to play, and maybe next year if he gets that extra year of eligibility. Great Power 5 kid coming, uh, four-star recruit. He could play wide receiver or DB, but I have a hunch that he's going to be playing the defensive side of the ball because, one, our wide receivers are so stacked, and our DBs are kind of lacking. In that same kind of sense, we will be looking at the um, death chart uh, for this season. And it starts with the quarterback position. And our QB1 is Carson Strong, a redshirt freshman who has a cannon of an arm who can throw probably the length of the football field. But you never know. Malik Henry is close behind. And then uh, Austin Kirksey, who is a true freshman. You know Christian Solano's out with injury, so he, when he comes back, he could definitely be in the mix as well. But don't be surprised if you see a two-quarterback fight for the position and you have Malik Henry and Carson Strong both taking reps, even week one. If uh, Carson Strong doesn't perform up to par, you could see Malik Henry getting some snaps against Purdue. Coach Novell in his interview today said that is not the plan to play both uh, week one, but it can happen. Who do you like at quarterback and why? This is something that we've discussed off air a bunch, and I think we kind of both go back and forth with it. You know, the pros for Carson, it's kind of that pocket passer. I mean, just a cannon of an arm. Khan's kind of inexperienced, you know, being the redshirt freshman. Malik Henry has that experience, a little more mobile. Carson Strong is also kind of mobile for his size um, from some of the clips that we've been seeing and some of the reports that have come out. I'm giving the nod to Carson. I think Jay Norvell is smart enough, and I think he knows what he's doing, for sure. I'm kind of a proponent of the two-quarterback system. I hope we don't go to that. Um, for me, I like to have a football team that has a set leader under center, um, and I think that's something that really helps out locker room chemistry and kind of just builds on everything from there. But definitely, I like Carson Strong just edging out Malik Henry, but you know it's a really nice problem to have for Nevada, You know, having Malik as the backup, and then when Christian Solano gets healthy, having him in the mix too. But I definitely want to see a stick with Carson and kind of ride this wave this year, and then if a change does need to be made, make that change definite and um, you know, going forward from there. I do like the idea, uh, though, of putting Malik Henry in there as a two-quarterback kind of option and having him run the option and having him run the ball as well as having just probably just as good as an arm as Carson Strong. I mean, all over Last Chance U, you saw his um, his ability with the arm. And, I mean, this is a kid, like we said, had an, uh, was going to play at Florida State. So this he knows how to play the game. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to start Carson, Carson Strong, like you said, see how he does in the games, throw Malik Henry in there, have him throw a couple passes, run the ball a little bit. But kind of lumping the rest of the offense together, you have running backs, Toa Tawa, Kelton Moore, Jackson Kincaid. They're leaving Devontae Lee out of there due to injury. But Devontae Lee last season 
scored a good amount of touchdowns, and I read somewhere that he was playing on a torn ACL the entire season. And I, I don't know how that's even possible, but he did have surgery. He's getting back to full strength right now. I don't think he's in the depth chart because of the injury, so uh, I don't think he's going to play on Friday. There is no timetable when he's when he will be back. I mean, he scored six rushing touchdowns last year, kind of took some touchdowns away from Mountain West Freshman Player of the Year, Toa Tawa. But I think it's going to be kind of a split uh, or three kind of running back rotation with Toa, Kelton, and Jackson Kincaid. Kelton Moore is the senior of the group. I believe he is a captain as well, offensive captain. So that's that's fun to see. Running backs, I think we're definitely set in the running back game. And then you look at the wide receiver core, super deep. You have, I mean, when you have the the hero of the Arizona Bowl, Ben Putman, down like like sixth on the depth chart. That's a pretty that's a pretty good problem to have. You have Elijah Cooks, Caleb Fossman, Romeo Dubs as your starting wide receivers. Super good wide receiving group. I'm high on Romeo Dubs after what he did last year as a freshman, and then he's going to be he's going to come back. He could be an All Mountain West honoree as a sophomore. He is a huge big play weapon and. I've heard that Carson Strong might that might be his go-to guy between Romeo Dubs and Elijah Cooks, so that might be fun to watch as well. And then you look at the tight end, Reagan Robinson, who's coming back. He's not, we don't really use the tight end much in our um, offense, but we do we do use them as uh, really good like outside blockers. So it will be fun to watch what Reagan Robinson can do at tight end. And then you look at our low line, who lost a lot of depth last year. You have Sean Krebs leaving. You have a couple other people leaving. You have freshmen that need to step up and step into their roles. Or you do have Jake Nelson, and then you have uh, Nate Brown, who are our two returning veterans, you would say. Nathan Edwards, our starting center, just got on scholarship about a week ago, so that's good. We have a lot of youth coming into our offensive line position. And then on the defensive end, you have our captain, Hasuna Sakona who is the second most veteran player on the defense, 28 career starts. He was very, very good last year to lead him to a captain's position this year. You have Dom Peterson, who was just crazy good freshman year. I mean, all-conference potential, but he his, he is injured as of recently, but he is on the depth chart, so you, that leads you to believe he will see some playing time on Friday. And then you get into our uh, linebacker position. Uh, we have Malik Brody who is an outside backer, starting outside backer. Lucas Weber, who's getting his sixth year of eligibility. So definitely some veteran uh, veteranness on there. It's always good to have your middle linebacker, the most veteran of the group. And then you have Gabriel Sewell, who kind of scared everyone this year by entering his name into the transfer portal before taking it back out. He will be uh, greatly needed in our linebacker group. And then... You have our secondary, who probably is the least experienced group on the team. Not that much depth at all. You have uh, Marquette Jackson at safety, Austin Arnold at safety, Tyson Tyson Williams at safety. And then you have Daniel Brown, who had a really good year last year, actually kind of took some people uh, by surprise. But this year, he's going to take no one by surprise. And then you have Jaden Dedman, who beat out EJ Muhammad for that uh, last cornerback position. Uh, I did see some reports that EJ Muhammad might have, still have a lingering injury, so you never know what's going to happen. Muhammad does have six starts, so it's good to have that kind of depth coming in behind the uh, freshman Jaden Deadman. And then, of course, you have everyone's favorite group, the specialists. You have Spencer Pettit coming back. Fifth year of eligibility, I want to say. Fifth or fourth, definitely a veteran. And then uh, Quentin Conway, who is a third-year starter. So some good... Some good veteranness in our depth chart. How do you think our team's looking? I think our team's looking strong, but it's just a lot of youth, which can kind of be scary at sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, first couple of games, you know, with all the youth, there might be some learning pains, some learning curves. I love our skill positions, though. Having the Toa, Kelton, and Jackson trio in the back with Devontae Lee still getting back. Yeah. yeah, with him still coming back, that is, you know, music to my ears. Uh, you know, and having those big receivers that Elijah Cooks, six four receiver that you know Carson can throw to, and Caleb Fossum's been working a ton this off season. Um, he's talking about working on his route running, um, his pass catching, just overall 
kind of refining and tweaking and perfecting his game, which is always awesome to see. Romeo Dubs, again, just an amazing guy. So I love our skill positions. Um, offensive line, yeah, they're young, but I think they had a lot of good um, mentors in the past. Last year, they took a lot of those mental reps and, you know, were active. I think it's going to be kind of interesting to keep an eye on, you know, because you want to have good blocks so Toa can get, get out in the open, get some space. And then also Jackson Cahade, probably one of the quicker running backs. You know, if he gets out in the space, you know, there's a good chance he might take it to the house. Defensively, I also love our defense. I'm loving the depth at linebacker, um, the experience that we have at linebacker. You know, I think, you know, those guys are kind of the captains of the defense, especially with Luke, Lucas Weber, you know, having a sixth year. It's going to be so big. Secondary, yeah, we are a little young, but I feel like there's a lot of promise in the secondary. And, you know, they only – uh, can go up from here so very high ceiling for them I'm liking the way the team looks so far I really do I think this could be a very special year for Nevada honestly we have a lot of talent on the offensive end we could probably put up a lot of points and then if our defense plays the way they did last year we're gonna you know have a real good season so yeah. I'm really excited for this 2019 Nevada class and then you have that ASU transfer who could possibly slide into a defensive back spot as well a lot of talent so it's up to our coaches to kind of reach, uh, to kind of coach them up to that full potential that they have. And it could be looking like a very, very special year for this Wolfpack squad looking for their first ever Mountain West Championship. It is up to us as the listeners and as the followers of this team to do our job and get out to Mackey. We have had a problem and declining attendance, especially in students. Some are linking that to tailgating. Some are linking that to just the start times. I don't know. I think... I think it's just an overall countrywide problem that's kind of going down as um, all these streaming services are coming out. People are just finding it more convenient to watch it at their house. But I urge you, there is nothing like Mackey atmosphere when the games start rolling. So please make it out to Mackey Stadium. Week one against Purdue on Friday, August 30th. We will have a more in-depth breakdown of Purdue on Thursday, the day before that, on the 29th. But before we do end, we have some breaking news that just came out, just hit the wire. Caden Bennett from Boise State is transferring here. He actually is a Reno local, Reno native, but played his high school ball at what should be a preparatory school, Folsom High. <laughs> uh, we are from Sacramento, so we have some good connections with Folsom. We, we played them before, but... Yeah, he played his football at Folsom, and now he is coming back home, and he's going to be joining the pack. He is a very, very good dual-threat quarterback, and I'm very surprised that he is coming back after going to Boise. He said he was homesick, but reports from Chris Murray are saying that he wasn't going to get much playing time. He's going to come here to see if he can get a little bit more. That quarterback locker room, that quarterback film room is getting a little crowded, I would say. We're going to have Malik Henry. We're going to have Carson Strong. We're going to have Austin Kirksey. We're going to have Caden Bennett. We're going to have a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be able to play. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, do you think he's going to get some playing time? He'll probably get more playing time here than Boise, but how do you think it's all going to work out? It's going to be interesting, especially with, you know, he's sitting out this year, obviously. He'll be eligible in 2020. As he comes, you know, and learns the playbook and learns everything about the offense, I definitely think in the future there could be some playing time there, especially him only being a freshman. Um, as soon as, you know, Malik leaves, this is Christian Solano's last year of eligibility, it's going to be tough, tough competition for everyone. So it'll be interesting, but I do think sometime in the future he'll get playing time, you know, this being his home city. I'm sure uh, Jay Norvell would like to see him on the field at some point in Mackey. So he is a transfer. He is going to have to sit this season, play next season. I think he will have three years of eligibility left. I believe so. He's going to have three years of eligibility left, so it's a good young quarterback to have after uh, some quarterbacks leave. And then we are going to wrap up the show finally with what a successful season will look like for the Pack. I have them going – nine and three before the bowl game Tyler has them eight and four before the bowl game but that doesn't necessarily mean obviously that's a successful season but it doesn't mean that is the lowest they can go and still have a successful season I think if they win seven games if they go below winning seven games I'll be pretty disappointed um but if they win seven I think it'll be a successful season 
And then, because we do have such a young team, and I think we can build on seven wins next season. Yeah, what do you what do you think is a successful season for the Wolfpack this season? I'm going to go a little higher, and I'm going to say eight wins. Beat UNLV, and then also win the bowl game. So that would be a total of nine wins total. If they lose more than eight, or if they win less than eight, it's not a successful season? I think so, and this is kind of my bold prediction, only because I feel like the fan base's expectations are very high this season. Right. Coming off a season last year where we went seven and six and won the bowl game to make it eight and six, um, I think fans want to see us improve on that record and not take a step backwards in that regard or stay the same. They want to see improvement. They want to see that Jay Norvell is bringing in these highly recruited freshmen and they're having an impact on the field right away. So I believe. You know, a successful season for me would be eight wins, bowl game, nine wins, and then also beating the Little Brothers down south. Right, and uh, and they can't win. For me, they can't win seven but and then lose to UNLV, especially at home. The cannon has to turn blue. You can't lose to UNLV twice. I'm tired of seeing them all over Twitter trying to bash us just because the cannon is red right now. So, yeah, they, they need to win seven plus beat UNLV for it to be a successful season in my eyes. I know Chris Murray wrote that the ceiling for us is probably nine wins and the floor is five wins. I don't see us only winning five games, but you never know what happens. Um, But with that being said, we are going to wrap up this segment. Stay tuned on Thursday while we break down in-depth for Purdue. That's going to be exciting to film. And then come out to Mackey on Friday as when we play Purdue under the lights in Mackey. It's going to be a fun game. Everyone get out and support and go pack.